0: Hey, everybody, uh, Blake with Marvel.com here, and we have some very special guests on the show today. Please introduce yourself, sirs. Um, Wyatt Russell. And my name is Jeff Grace. And uh, uh, you're here for Folk Hero and Funny Guy, which we, we're going to talk about. But first, Wyatt, I want to do something super uncomfortable to <laughs> show you. I always like to start an interview like this. But Perfect. We wanted to give you gifts of your father. Oh, my God. From Guardians of the Galaxy. Let me
1: see this. Have you seen these before? No. Well, I've, <laughs> seen, these, I've seen these bobbleheads. They made one for... Big Trouble in Little China yeah. as well. Um, I love these weird little things. I wonder how long till these are, are these like collector's items? Will they be or are these just? They toys? should be. <laughs> I would they, assume so. Thank you. So. This is very, very <laughs> nice of you.
0: Has he has your dad mentioned anything about the movie, the Asian
1: version of Kurt Russell? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> has he mentioned anything about the movie? Yeah, uh, yeah I it's, uh, I got to see it. Fantastic. Can't obviously talk because I take my firstborn child. <laughs> it's fantastic Everyone should see that movie um, After they see Folk and Funny Guy Exactly And then I, I want to mention too Before I bring that up As well Table 19
0: Is the most underrated movie Oh you in think history. so? Really? I just have to say that Did you like it? I loved it yeah. Really? I saw it uh, Why? I saw the screening that in New York That you were at And I almost cried I Really? Think. Yeah Wow, that's great! Thank you. I have heard. I just it. wanted to to say that. Out Thank loud. you very much. Yeah. So, yes. but all right, back to what we're here for. Um, so, this is your first directorial. This is your debut. Yes. Uh, did you and you wrote the script as well? Is this autobiographical in some regard? It's a little
2: autobiographical. Not the events in the movie don't really take all draw exactly from my life or things mm-hmm. that I've done. I did not go on tour with a musician, um, but I am a comedian. I have a good friend who's a a, a rock star. I have another a bunch of buddies that are sort of the, fit this rock star type. It's sort mm-hmm. of an al- amalgamation of a few friends, but a, a, a large part of it's based upon a friend uh, of mine named Adam Ezra, who's a uh, big musician in the East Coast here and you know around the country. He does sort of a jam band kind of uh, folk rock, um, and so uh, I sort of made the character composite of him and Jeff Tweedy. It was a Jeff Tweedy documentary I saw many years ago and I thought it was interesting how Jeff Tweedy when he tours with Wilco it's a, it's like you know can sell at giant stadiums or at least real big venues maybe not stadiums but when he's touring on his own it's sort of like smaller maybe it's like 300 person audiences 500 people and he's not really like you know the kind of guy that, like Jeff Tweedy's the kind of guy that could eat at a diner and not anyone outside of like hardcore Wilco fans are going to bother him. And that's sort of Jason Black's character. It's a guy who's he's famous. If you knew, he's the lead singer of this band, but just on his own, you'd be like, "Oh, is that the guy?" You know, and, and the real fans would know he is. But he could kind of walk around life sort of a little bit with a little bit of anonymity.
0: And I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry, you probably get this question a lot from the press tour, right? But you, you guys have a great like chemistry together. Did it just start from the get go, or did, were you friends before, or, or what?
1: We had met before. Uh, in the development of the movie after the development of the movie but while we were uh, we had a little rehearsal time together we actually wrote a couple songs Meredith Hagner and I wrote two songs for the movie I sang a bunch of Adam's songs she sang a bunch of her own songs that she wrote that are really great and uh, so there was that element which we had to rehearse practice get to know each other before so that when we showed up on set on the day we also lived in the same house while we were shooting in Atlanta so it was a familial vibe um it was easy to transition into working and not working it was seamless so it was i feel like the effortlessness if that's what you can call it on screen is a direct result of us getting to know each other and, and uh feeling each other out before f- way before months before re- but it happened mm-hmm. It started shooting
0: and jeff too, the the soundtrack as well as some of the just kind of like not really name drops but like it seems like you really are ingrained as as a music fan yourself from what it seems
2: For sure yeah I mean I'm a big music fan all my life I've was sort of a, you know the guy that would record you know mixtapes from songs off the radio <laughs> literally boombox to boombox mixtapes right. where you could hear like the DJ come in he's like all right next is Falco's <laughs> putting on the Ritz or whatever you know like and you, you know those, those were the kind of mixtapes I made when I was a kid and just always love finding little you know, singles at, like, Sam Goody. Is this Sam-, <laughs> Sam, Sam Goody? Goody and, uh, <laughs> Sam Goody. I don't know, but I loved Sam Goody. I remember going to the mall and like, go to Sam Goody. Funny. And I so, like, didn't have enough money, so I always buy, like, the tape singles. And, I don't know. I just remember buying, like, Bellies, Feed the Tree. I bought that as a single. It wasn't that good of a song. But, um, yeah, so I've always been a m- big music fan. And I, that was, like, this movie was such a passion of mine. I was like, I just wanted to make, like, a movie, like, Once or... Um, you know once was a big influence and sideways and, and swingers had a lot of great music in it. and uh, it was sort of an it was sort of awesome to be able to put musicians, well these were really actors playing musicians, but you watch the movie, they play all the, the music in the film. This is my, Wyatt and Meredith all live in the film. Mm. So much like once where this you know, you're hearing, it's maybe not the most flawless recording in the song, but it's got the authenticity and, and warmth of something that you feel like is, is live and happening. In that moment mm-hmm. And
0: why? I mean Like we mentioned A second ago Like you're You're kind of Blowing up right now You know Doing a lot of You're blowing up
1: Am I? Is uh <laughs> I think so Oh god What, what made this the don't tell this, me that. the f- a film nervous. you wanted to make uh, It was just good uh, When you read When I read the script It was Good Good You don't read A lot of good scripts It's like not It's You know you, They're not floating around Out there a, a mm-hmm. lot Also hard to get Made things that I Really passionately like, don't always get the opportunity to do that because they're hard to get made. And this had an, the element of music, element of comedy in a real in a real way. It wasn't like a tro- it wasn't like tropey. It was a comedian's take on a, uh, on a comedi- of a comedian uh, on a comedian's tale, and it was someone from the inside who knew every emotion that you go through as that person on tour and uh, him understanding Paul's character the comedian's character as well as uh the character that I played was he had Jeff has like an innate understanding of what that is so I was confident that he knew what he wanted mm-hmm. so that the m- script matched up to the person making it and it was an e- it was an I mean it was an a- automatic yes when he, when you know, when I met Jeff because it was w- there would be no reason why I wouldn't want to do the movie mm-hmm.
0: And, Jeff, what did you, did you learn anything as, like, from an acting perspective as a director this time around, or?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I've acted in a bunch of stuff, and, um, you know, what's funny, I I start teaching college acting classes uh, to kids, to, like, uh, weirdly, I was teaching dancers Mm -hmm. who don't want to act, you know, but they, as part of their curriculum, they (laughs) they, they thought that it was important for these kids to learn how to act, and so... It was, that was really the first time I had to articulate what I thought good acting is and bad acting is. And up to that point, I just, it was sort of in my own mind. Um, but, you know, really for me, it's just a, I think it's almost like a simple thing, which is just like kind of, I remember there was like a, I didn't, a buddy of mine has an acting instructor who's, who he said for four years, just said, talk like people talk. And that to me is just kind of what it is. It's like, it's just, it's like does this sound like something someone would say in real life? Or can we make someone say that? Can we make you say that? Can we? And so to me, it's like acting is a pretty simple exercise of like, does this sound truthful? Is this, uh, you know, because we all see it when something feels overly flourished or, you know, there's like that. When you feel the acting, <laughs> um, it often takes away from the film uh, because I think it doesn't feel authentic. And, and, and in particular, I think Alex is, you know, Al- Alex Kropofsky and and Wyatt, they both just bring such honesty and casual. I mean, people people have said to us like, it feels like a documentary. And mm, yeah. That's a great compliment to me, um, because it's just these guys aren't trying to make you see the acting. Uh, you're just they're just being. They're just existing, and and that uh, can feel scary to actors sometimes. When you first start acting, you want everything to feel like I'm not, you know, the, it's like I'm not doing enough, right? You know, because you come from stage where it's like you have to like let me show you the acting. Uh, I'll make a weird face, and <laughs> I'll have a limp. Um, whereas in, in, in casting a film, you just want to be like, like when I met Wyatt, I was like, oh, this guy's got the natural kind of resting state persona of the kind of character I want to cast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like, um, obviously, Wy- this character, Jason Black, is way different than Wyatt. Um, he's more, I think, laid back than you are. Or you're, yeah. well, He's like more of a carefree-go-lucky kind of guy, and I think you're actually kind of more of an intense cerebral guy. Um yeah it's it's uh, it was fu- it's fun to play those
1: characters because it's an enjoyable experience and it's fun to be able to I think it's a lot harder s- done than said uh is that right harder. a lot harder done <laughs> than, <laughs> than said Cause it's not harder said than done it's harder <laughs> to do it than say it uh to be uh, someone who like just doesn't care because the minute that camera rolls, there's that like adrenaline that spikes, you know, and you have to bring it down and be like, I don't give a f- about the cameras, I don't give a f- about anything. <laughs> and, and you, but really, you're like, but I still I want to do a good job for you know what the scene calls for, and that's what it, that's what it, it called for.
2: That's what we called for. We didn't. It wasn't necessarily a relaxing vibe on set. Was, <laughs> no. I mean, a lot of our days would be like, I mean, yelling across the room, like, "What? Just do one more, one more <laughs> day I'm like, "I know, but we'll laid back, do it, laid back." <laughs> I remember. Do you remember one time? I, this is my favorite story of the um, shooting. I, we're on this bus, <laughs> yeah. and Wyatt and Alex are. It's like the scene where they're on the bus together, and I'm laying on the floor. We're in a real bus driving around. The driver is the owner of the production company Spitfire, who doesn't really want to be driving the bus. <laughs> and I'm like, "Keep the bus moving. Keep it moving." But the way! Every time they steps on
1: the pedal, you have to stop talking because the bus makes so much noise that like you can't hear anything you're saying. Can't
2: hear anything. There's shit falling off the like off these shelves in the bus. It's like falling on me. <laughs> And at one point, Wyatt, I was like, Wyatt, do it again, but throw it away. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, try it again, but throw it away. And, he, he, and Wyatt goes, I 1,000% know how to throw away a line. <laughs> I was like, well, you didn't throw away that last thing you just said to me. Uh, I still looked. I looked for it. I wasn't sure if we recorded you saying that, but I was like, if I ever did, I was going to oh, send it God. to you I f- wish I on your, on, like, as a voice message.
1: But that was like, that was like, <laughs> I mean, that wasn't every, that was not every day. That was like sort of the, one of the harder ones because of the confinement and whatever. But it, that was like the fun of doing it was that for me, what was so great about Jeff and, Al, and Alex specifically and Meredith as well, was that you could have that moment, which is important to a movie. For me, for it to be, like, there was that, like, Jeff and I were going, like, I'm doing it. Like, I know, and you're. it's, like, you're. it's hard. It's fucking hard right now. And we're trying <laughs> to get the day, and it's like, oh, my God. And then you laugh about it afterwards. You laugh about it while you're doing it because you were working with people, and I think that this is sort of, like, the magic sauce of any movie that you find enjoyable is the fact that, like, that tension we were able to look at it for what it was in the moment. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It was, no one was ever, no one, nothing was precious to anybody. Mm-hmm. It was just the, we're making a movie, and it's fun, and it's hard, and it's what f- it's supposed to be. Let's just f- do it. Okay, <laughs> let's go. And then and then you're laughing five seconds afterward because I'm making a, look what we're doing. Mm. I'm playing a rock and roll star on a bus that I'm gonna have to redo the whole scene anyway in ADR because it's too loud, <laughs> and 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 we're having fun, and that was like I think that like even that scene oddly like when I watch that back it's supposed to be like I don't care whatever but I've got like a little bit of an extra energy because of I guess what was going on
2: and I yeah it sort of I mean, helps I guess I, I, I mean I, I when I, I edited that with my editor John Mellon um I kind of forgot that I was in the bus with you guys I mean probably, I was like on, at your feet <laughs> right. you know yelling I mean, I, I mean it wasn't like we were yelling all the time but that was just one of those days where it was like I probably the most we would gotten into like into words with each other but it wasn't like we, we had, had such a working relationship at that point we weren't really like it was not ever like oh we're actually mad at no, each other God, no no um, that was part of the it's part of the fun of making movies for me is you're going to have
1: a difference of opinion at times but if you trust if you both trust each other which I think Jeff and I both trust trusted each other in every way. I know that Jeff's not going to make a bad decision. And I think he knows, like, I'm not making a bad decision. I'm not making the wrong... It's just that right now, like, let's figure out how to make it work. Mm. And then that is something... When that's not contentious, that's, like, the fun of making movies, to me. Maybe not to everybody. Maybe not every. Some people might get, like, a little feelings hurt or something <laughs> like that. But but when you know that this is, like, we're all trying to do the best that we can, it's, it's actually... Like that was a fun moment for me. It was I was having fun with the energy of it on the bus. You know.
0: Did you? Um, had you played guitar before, or did you learn it for?
1: No, I played guitar um, since I was twelve or thirteen. That's what
0: I was gonna say. Cause like, it, I always as a, I play guitar too, and I always like watch people and say, oh, they never play, but you obviously. Yeah, I played I was, all that. All that was live. All I was the- gonna give you a compliment, but now that <laughs> that long. Thank you. Know, uh, um, hey. uh, let me ask this too, Jeff, because we're at Marvel and you mentioned it, like, you said you grew up with reading comics and you collect and your your mom wants to throw out (laughs) your comics.
2: Well, yeah, currently my mom just moved houses and and I was home to visit them (laughs) recently and she she kept saying, like, tomorrow's the day you know, you're gonna come and pick up all those comic book boxes. I have, like, I actually have more than I thought. I have, like, ten boxes of comics. I don't know what the number of comics would be. Mm -hmm. And I went through, like, Five or six years ago I was a Marvel kid Mo- I mean Very few Very little DC readership But mostly Marvel X-Men Universe was probably My core New Mutants That's my goal in life Would be to direct The New Mutants movie So if, uh, throw that out To the universe uh, Love the New Mutants uh, What's the, the New Mutants? I'm sorry I don't know anything about it. Well you had the X-Men Everybody or, on,
1: the, on the podcast Was just like F- this guy <laughs> That guy sucks He's a yeah. poser No watching this movie yeah. yeah Wyatt Russell doesn't know no, anything I won't lie
2: uh, the New Mutants, were, it was sort of like the, well, when, it, when I, I mean, I was like of age when it came out, but in like the early 80s, they had the X-Men were popular, Wolverine, Colossus, Nightcrawler, all those guys. And then the New Mutants were sort of this younger generation of students who weren't really allowed to go out and fight bad guys. They had to hang out in Xavier University, and it was characters like Cannonball and Karma and uh, Wolfsbane and trying to think who else. Am I missing some?
0: you done know more than me I'm just oh yeah so it was really,
2: this kind of interesting and then over the years you got like Sunspot and I just love the characters that they were super visual and um, <laughs> over the years you get sunspots. Sunspot Sunspot <laughs> Cypher Warlock I think Cypher I have a script that I'm writing right now that I actually think could turn into an interesting Cypher standalone project wow. so um, yeah but I, I mean, that's really to be honest I remember comic books came to me at a time in my life where I was having anxiety attacks my grandmother just died my dad thought she had this cool Thunderbird and my dad's like, we're going to all fly to California and we're going to drive the Thunderbird back from, uh, from Laguna beach, California to New Jersey. We get there. The car is like not in good shape. (laughs) And it was just, I remember my mom and dad yet like fighting at each other. And my dad's like, all right, I will get a rental station wagon. (laughs) So my dad had like, couldn't, the car wasn't worth anything. And my dad basically had to rent a station wagon very much like, you know, National Lampoon's vacation my dad's very much like a Chevy Chase kind of (laughs) guy and uh, on that trip I was in the back seat and I would buy comic books every gas station and I would read The Incredible Hulk and all this and it was really the first thing that kind of introduced me to write you know writing and Mm -hmm. reading and um and I just became I fell in love with the Marvel Universe at that point you know so I was like in sixth grade or something like that it's cool and uh I think that's sort of how did it help your panic attacks (laughs) I don't know well it was just like a. I just remember being a tough time I was like like, it's just a weird awkward time in my life where I was like going through this changes I think there's something about this sounds like giving maybe the writing but like there's something about these characters you know these mutants they're going through mutations and that's how you feel when you're a kid you're like I'm going through this weird time in life and you'd read these stories about these like teenagers that are going through weird times in their lives and I mean that's kind of what all stories are you know the reason I think we love story is people is like you're like oh even if it's just a romantic comedy like oh i liked a girl a lot and i mm-hmm. once blew it or i couldn't get with that girl or in this movie it's like hopefully a movie for people that are like i've been on the fence about whether to pursue my dreams or whether to give up you know which is sort of what this movie's about um or i have a friend who's like an alpha who always gets everything comes so easily to and i'm sort of living in the shadow of that guy um, but i think all just these stories all make us feel like oh it confirms our human experience right I think I really overstated that last. Question. <laughs> no. no, that's great. I mean,
0: my follow up: that
2: what happened to the Thunderbird? <laughs> oh, the Thunderbird was like it was like my mom's like this car is not going to make it across America, and so I think they just sold it like to someone like <laughs> junkyard style. Like <laughs> How was for your dad gives, that? that's terrible. Well, it was just obvious to everyone. It was like, Dad, is this? It was like you know, it was one of those things like grandmother probably bought the car 15 years prior. Everyone remembered the kind of fresh off the lot version of it, and now it's 15 years later, and it's also. We all, I remember me and my sister got in the back seat, and we're all sitting kind of. My mom's and dad are in the front seat. We're me and my sister in the back seat, and we're all just like, we're gonna be like in this car together for the next like week, <laughs> two weeks. It's not gonna work. Uh, there just wasn't enough. Back, it was like you know, it's a two door car. Mm-hmm. You know, to have to, to have us drive across the country together was insane. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I have another story about that trip, but I don't know if it implies this, but my, 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 I remember my sister at one point, she was in fourth grade, and she goes, late night, my dad can't find a hotel because we're in some area where there's a convention. And my sister just, and my, me and my sister were laying in the back seat, like, you know, looking up at the ceiling. My sister goes, Mom, Dad... What is sex? <laughs>
1: no way, really.
2: <laughs> and my mom and dad were like, um, ee, um, and my the explanation my mom gave was like, when a man and woman love each other very, very much and sleep very close together to each other, <laughs> if they do that long enough, a baby comes out and like nine <laughs> months later. And I so when I was explained the real way, uh, <clears> some <throat> bully on a bus like that summer was like. Wait, how is this a PG-13? Do, do whatever. Yeah. This bully was like, did you know, Jeff, that your dad puts his penis inside <laughs> of your mom's <laughs> vagina and that's how you were born? I was like, that's not true. <laughs> it's only from sleeping close to each other. Funny. So that's a lot of road trip stories there. That was the road trip inspired this road trip. <laughs> <laughs> <Tied> all together. <laughs> um, I got to say, though, you should look,
0: I mean, that era... But still, where comics maybe were something, so I don't know if you want to just throw them out because you could have some fun. I know I'm
2: not throwing them out. They've been sitting in my mom's attic now for 20 years. Mm-hmm. She's getting sick of it. Would <laughs>
0: you? So did you grow? Was music your thing growing up, or?
1: Uh, it was. It was the. Uh, it was that and hockey. So I, play, I was a hockey player first. Um, that's ended up what I, I played professional hockey for three years until I got injured couldn't play. But when I was 17, kind of had to be like, Am I okay? What am I? am i going to do the music thing mm-hmm. or am i going to be a hockey player i liked both because both required like a skill set acting in my opinion doesn't always necessarily require a skill set <laughs> from the time you're you know 12 it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to learn certain things about about it that i find admirable um, other than the fact that someone can be a normal person and live their life and i find that admirable <laughs> <laughs> um, <coughs> but, but but guitar playing, you had to be proficient. You had to practice a lot. Uh, same with f- hockey. And so the two kind of went hand in hand. Or I'd be the kid who would lock myself in my room for four hours and play Led Zeppelin and try to look like Dwayne Allman and learn all the slide guitar and different tunings and stuff. Super into that. Learn how to play lap steel. Learn how to play pedal steel. Learn how to play banjo and dobro right. and just anything with strings. I was, like, super dorky and into it. And then uh, and then hockey was the other half, half of my life, the other two-thirds of my life, where I'd go, and it's all I pretty much did was play hockey and, and play music. and I wasn't in, I wasn't a school guy. I'd do well in school, but it wasn't that, I didn't like the social aspect of school. It wasn't my jam. Uh, so that was that was my younger life and, and, then, and then it went away. F- when I was about 18, I kind of had to be like, okay, I'm dedicating myself to hockey. And there's no room when you climb up the ladder. It doesn't feel like there's room, I should say. There is room. There's always room. But at the time, I didn't feel like it. There was only room for working out hockey, one-track mind. And then when I was about 20, I got injured. I got a concussion. And I couldn't play for, like, six months. And then I'd sit in my room, get out my garage band, and just, like, tool around. And then that's started to learn about pedals and <clears throat> different You know modulation techniques and stuff like that, and got really into it around then into songwriting, for myself. Never for like I want to do this as a living. At that point, I was like it's just cathartic. I never played them for anybody. I went out and a couple times at a couple bars and played songs just because it was fun. But I just did it for myself. And then so when this rolled around, it was really cool to be able to be like I really like the movie, I like the character, and I get to sing and play guitar and I get to we wrote a couple songs for the movie Meredith and I and had an amazing time doing it. And it was like a little cathartic experience. It's not something I feel like I absolutely have to do in my, in my life. It's a difficult It's a difficult life. That was the other thing is that uh, seeing somewhat firsthand in ways <coughs> living a life of a musician is really hard. It's it can be and really painful in ways that you inflict pain on yourself cause you feel like you need to, to be creative or something. I feel like artists get stuck in that cycle. Sure, yeah. And, uh, and I saw that in people as I got older and it felt disingenuous, like the pain of it after a while to me. And I didn't feel like, uh, the things that I was saying or wanted to say with music were anything that were that special, uh, compared to the people I was listening to. So I just decided to keep it for myself wasn't worth necessarily sharing with the world didn't matter too much and and it was fun to be able to do it in the in this in this movie in this context and it also gave me a little bit of a of a of a morale boost in that category where I was like well maybe you know when the if there's time that that it could be something that I want to do as you get older you gain perspective and stuff where it's like I can write about things that matter to me and maybe that will connect with somebody
0: so would you do a similar thing as the the, as your character and do like a folk type thing or what kind of
1: I don't even know to be honest. Mm-hmm. I have no idea cuz I'm
0: pedal steel and all this other stuff. That's kind <clears> of
1: <throat> I I just like music. I, yeah. I, I it was I never quite I identified when I was classic rock. Then I loved folk rock. I was Zuber and Nick Drake for a while. And then I went and I, and now the latest iteration of it I've talked about it before is like this guy Sturgill Simpson is a mm-hmm. guy for me yeah. that mm-hmm. I like I'm like He's. I don't know if uh, you know who, what was the beginning. The beginning probably could be traced back a lot for, further than him, uh, but it's he sings from an honest place, just about the things that he feels, and that and that to me doesn't translate as much or any into my music. I like playing country, s- western, swing. It's fun to play. It feels good. It connects with me. Whatever it is, it connects with me. I don't know exactly why but it just does and it for me I look at it in, in acting and or filmmaking as I try, I try to apply it to that so when I go and I do a movie or I do anything or if I wanted if I do any writing then it's all about I'd like to do it like like he engages with it or it's not for anybody else other than the people that he loves it's for the people that he loves for people that like his music for, and for him and himself and it's and it's special that way mm-hmm. it's special to him so i feel like it's special to me and i like to engage in and whatever i do try to do it that way and keep all the other things try to keep it out by just being your, being yourself mm-hmm. um so yeah that's awesome
0: anything else you guys want to mention about the, the film before we have to when does it
2: come out it comes out may 12th and uh it'll be available it'll be in theaters in about 20 markets and then if you can't, uh, if it's not at theater, uh, I recommend you see it at the theater if you can. But then it'll also be on iTunes and Amazon and all those major platforms. If you buy if you buy it on iTunes, you can buy it now, actually, on iTunes. And you get all these bonus features and the behind-the-scenes stuff, and you'll see some of the funny stories that we're talking about here. Um, we have a little behind-the-scenes documentary and outtakes and bloopers. You haven't even seen all this stuff, yeah. but it's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so we're just super stoked that it's getting out there. Gravitas has been real great, our distributor and uh hoping that marvel fans will dig dig seeing these two characters out there uh on the road and sort of a guy's a guy story yeah you
0: guys have made something really like touching and organic and like kind it's really awesome like speaking on the documentary thing that really hit home it felt like it was just you're just birds eye watching just people so cool cool yeah, man yeah, well, real appreciate it, Blake. Lot, yeah. um i gotta say everyone go see th- that first, and then you see your father in Guardians. In Guardians, after it's that. It's, yeah. Well, it's we're gonna. Yeah. It's
1: like it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, it's a exact, lot like
0: What it. yeah. <laughs> well, I feel
2: bad for Marvel because it's a good chance our, our independent film's gonna unseat yeah. Guardians <laughs> on its second weekend. We uh, we're gonna yeah. knock it out of the number one spot. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> With only twenty theaters.
0: <laughs> well, thanks again, guys. This is an honor. Thanks, man. Thank awesome being here. Uh, this is Marvel Your Universe.